dollar a week unemployment. Mm-hmm. What a roller coaster! It's crazy. So it's how insane. how have you guys? I mean, I know you know other pilots as well. How have you guys yeah. supported one another? Um, we have support groups on Facebook um, yeah. where the pilots that have been furloughed, um, they all kind of talk to each other and yeah. we, we, we share, um, it's, it's, we mostly talk about how we're engaging our union to maybe, uh, do something, you know, engaging them, like do something like furlough mitigation strategies and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, you know, it, the union can only do so much because it's the company that decides to furlough. Um, if anyone ever hears about an aviation job here or there, um, right. they share it. Like, let's say somebody that lives in, uh, I don't know, New York has a, has a friend in Phoenix who's looking for a captain for a little small jet. Well, the guy lives in New York. He can't take the job. So he posted, Hey, I have a friend. If you live in Phoenix, here's a job. Like that's how we basically help each other out. But, it's a fact that everyone's on the same, on the same boat and, and, you know, we just all talk to each other, but the reality has not changed. There is no stimulus package. There is no, uh, airline stimulus. There is, uh, nobody knows what's going to happen. So for now you have 30, 40,000 and, and every month it increases because they're, they're following oh in stages. You have all these people that have basically put themselves at risk because when you, when you're a flight attendant, especially, and you're, you're, you're flying, you know, three flights a day, 200 people, that's 600 people you get in touch, you, you get, you, yeah. you get in contact with, and that's increasing your risks. Same thing with pilots, you know, we're, we're, we're frontline workers and, um, and yeah, we are out of a job. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. But I do know that, Oh my gosh, once this is over, you're going to get a job again. <laughs> oh, I hope so. Oh, you will. I hope so. It's going to happen um, because I mean, yeah. I'm already like, okay, where can I travel to? You know, like I'm already like thinking like maybe I'll just spend like 6 months just traveling around the world. Like, you know, like because when you do, when you lose something that you had that was so easy, yeah. all of a sudden you, you know, you, you can't wait till you get it back. So I, I'm a hundred percent sure that once things start opening again, it'll take some time, but you're going to, you know, you already have that training. You're right. And you're right. Travel is education. Travel mm-hmm. is what fills our souls with meaningful things. Um, you can be quarantined at home, reading a book that's going to take you somewhere, but it does not, compare to going to, you know, a far, far away land that is the complete opposite of what your environment is and getting to hang out with the people, trying the food, seeing the sights. And that's something that we took for granted before. And people have a thirst for being explorers, for being, uh, you know, essentially children of of the world like it's it's their adventure it's it's our playground you know you you call vegas a playground i call the world a playground you know it's it's almost like before all we had to do was spin a globe point the finger and hey if we wanted to go there that was our right that was our freedom 
I just had to go and, and, and renew my Swedish passport so that I could go home to Sweden to see my family because my, my freedom passport is no good anymore over there. Um, because of, of, they're not letting anybody that's, that's from the U S travel into Europe. Yeah. So, you know, our world has changed and it has changed so much. And the people that are, are thirsty for uh to getting back into it and getting back and traveling and experiencing all these things i honestly they'll be back but i don't know if it's going to be at least a good couple of years before things go back to you 100 covid yeah yeah and and the airlines are going to suffer because of that yeah yeah. It's funny though, because everybody that I've talked to who are travelers, you know, I've talked to quite a few, they are just itching for like yeah. that opening. Talking about your places that you've traveled, what are yeah. your favorite places that you've traveled to? Since you've traveled quite a bit, I'm sure. Cambodia was probably one of the coolest places um, that I went through, that I went to, um, you know, from, from, from watching the approach um into uh seam reap to uh you know the hotel that i stayed at and and just the service and the quality of food that that i was served and and the fact that i paid 60 bucks a night for this amazing suite and i had my own butler <laughs> who gave me a cell phone to call him 24 7 and i was like what is going on? <laughs> and then, um, you know, and just where did you stay? Eat. You know what? I, it, it was the Lotus something. Is it in Chamarip? Lotus Blanc? Yeah. Yeah. Lotus yeah. Blanc. Yes. That's it. You fancy. You think. 60 <laughs> yeah. bucks a night. It's now 50 bucks bucks a night. night. It's now 50 bucks a night. Just to let you know. COVID-19, baby. COVID-19. $44 a night. (laughs) It was insane. Um, That's amazing. It was was insane. I mean, you, you, it was 50 bucks for, uh, you know, six hour, a six hour spa day where you would get pampered all across the board. They would bring you drinks. They would, they would, uh, you know, massage you, you go into a sauna, a steam room, they would do the the, the whole, you know, they, they would do the facial, they would wrap you in this bamboo leaf with like stuff in the, from the earth. And yeah, in their spa. In their spa. Wow. Yeah. So you, so yeah. you just chilled out in the hotel. Yeah. So I spent the whole day and uh, I'm going to butcher this, but uh, Ang- Angor, Angor Wat, Angor yeah. Wat, Angor Wat. Yes. Forgive me. Maybe you can just like delete my voiceover and, and, and do it like in, in a native language. Um, yeah. So I went to the, to the temples of Angkor Wat. Is that how you say it? How do you say it? Angkor Wat. Angkor Wat. Angkor Wat. Thank you. Visiting, you know, these temples, uh, meeting with the monks, seeing the culture, seeing and listening to the history um, and how, you know, the further East you get, you realize that uh, even though Christianity is present, there is a higher and there's a higher importance, so to speak, towards spiritualism, which is something that, you know, uh, I have my own relationship with, uh, you know, wh- whoever the, the person is upstairs. But I do consider myself more of a, of a spiritualist, so to speak, if that's even a word, because I do believe that whatever energy you put out in the universe, the universe 
gives back to you. Uh, some people call it karma. I, I, I don't know. But I learn a lot about uh, their way of, of thinking, their way of, of, of living, um, the fact that they are happy people that live off of $60 a month. You know, so it's almost like, what is the value of a dollar for a guy like me who compared to them has it all and still finds ways to complain about stuff. And these guys are living off of, you know, $60 a month, which is the average salary over there. So, um, you know, experiencing that and it brought me back to my knees because I, it made me appreciate what I have so much more. And I think that's, that's what, what we want, what we try to find when we, when we travel, it's, it's looking at us, who we are, where we come from and experiencing how other human beings live and how different they live from the way that we live and being able to appreciate the fact that we are so small and the world is just huge. And, and it's like traveling is, it's the best medicine out there. You know, it, it's, it, it rejuvenates you. It awakens your soul. It, it makes you feel like you're doing something. Yeah. You know, it, it just, it makes you feel like ah, I'm out of my shell. This is why we live. This is why we're here. It's to figure out who we are, where we come from and put a perspective and a spin into that, you know? So in all of your travels, yeah, who is the most meaningful person that you met? When I went to Vietnam, I went to Ho Chi Minh, old Saigon city, um, Ho Chi Minh city. And, um, I, was fortunate enough to be able to hire a, a guide that mm -hmm. it was a one-on-one -on -one thing. So, um, it was, he had his, his, his car and he picked me up and he was my personal guide. So he took me to all these places and, uh, and, and he was very, very knowledgeable and, you know, in, in the history of his country and the history of his people and their culture. And it was just cool to be able to, to immediately connect with somebody as if we had known each other from before, even though we came from two completely different, uh, uh different cultures. And, um, it's his funny. Name that's was what Sam. Happens. Yeah. It yeah. happens all the time with guides. It's yeah. Yeah, time yeah. and time. And again, it's like you meet these people and you can really connect with them, especially when you're on one-on-one. -on -one -on -one. with them. Ex especially when you're on one-on-one, -on -one because I'm an explorer, not just, I consider myself not just an explorer of the world, but an explorer of, of just, I love getting to know different people. Like I love hearing your story. I love, Hey, I like, tell me about how, like, what was the coolest thing you did when you were a kid? And, and, and you'd be amazed at how different the responses are depending on, on, on where they're from and, and the humility that comes with it. And what somebody thinks is, is, you know, the second coming of Christ versus what you think that is. And, and it just humbles you so much because these are people that are so freaking amazing in every sense of the word, because you see in the United States, we're very selfish. We're very materialistic. I guess a lot of people try to value their worth 
based on the car they drive or, or how big their house is or how much money they make. Whereas over there, it's based on happiness. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's just such a simple, simple concept. You know, it's like, like at the end of the day, are you happy? I mean, that's, that's the big universal question that, that everyone should ask themselves. Like, are you genuinely happy? And Sam was like, he was, he just had so much energy. And like, he was telling me about his six kids, about his wife, who he was making fun of the whole time. Uh, cause I, I guess he was just, it's just a jokester. And, um, he told me about the educational system and, you know, his kids going to school and, and his goals and his aspirations and, you know, how he wants to start his own tour company because he was sent by uh, an, a boss to pick me up from a bigger, giant, well-respected, you know, five-star trip advisor, uh, you know, company. And, and he was an employee there. His goal, his dream was to buy his own bus and, and, and have his own company and, and, and him have the, the honor of whenever he gets a five-star rating, he can say, I did that, you know, that, that that was me. And yeah, it was just like, I spent a whole day with this guy, took me to the local places to eat. And he told me about culture and the history. And it was like, I was like, I just don't want this day to end. I just, I want to, I want to, put this guy in my pocket and take it back to the States. And I just want to be <laughs> friends with this guy forever. So, uh, yeah, that was Sam and Sam and Ho Chi Minh city. I love that. Uh, was, was awesome. Yeah. Do you have a favorite or most fulfilling moment during your travels as a pilot or as a traveler? As a pilot, I want to say that, you know, I do take pride in knowing that whenever I'm flying from point A to point B, I'm, I'm taking you to a wedding, you know, I'm, I'm taking you, I'm taking you to a job interview. I'm taking you to a high school reunion. I'm taking you places. I'm, I'm, I am a small part of your life every time I fly and I am there to serve a purpose, which is no different from what a bus driver does. It's no different from what a uh, Uber driver does. I mean, it, it's the same thing. It's the fact that we get to serve somebody else's purpose for a slither of time. Um, it can even be a funeral, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's incredible. The, the unspoken rewards that come out of knowing that you were part of someone's journey. And I think that to me personally is, is rewarding. That's pretty yeah. amazing. I actually never thought yeah. of it that way. And that's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. What is your advice to an aspiring pilot, especially right now? Right. Um, the pilot shortage has not gone away. I mean, it's not, it, it has just come to a screeching halt right now. But um, things will get better and things we will get out of this. It's, it's just a matter, again, I, I always say this, it's not a matter of, of if, it's a matter of when. And, and I said this, I gave you the same line when I was talking about success. Um, I say, go for it. You know, um, being a pilot, becoming a pilot is not by any means easy. It's not cheap. It's not, it does not come with, you don't become a pilot for the money. Let's just say that you don't, you don't become a, a pilot to become rich because in the beginning, you don't make, you make no money. I mean, I went from making a really, really good amount of money 
working in the entertainment industry in Los Angeles to having to move to, to Las Vegas with my wife because we couldn't afford Los Angeles anymore because I was making, you know, 22 bucks an hour as a first officer, you know, flying an airliner. Granted, and by the way, 22 bucks an hour may sound like a lot, but it's not a lot when a pilot's salary is 75 hours a month, right? Because we have a limit. It's not like we get paid 40 hours a week. We get paid 75 hours a month. Right. And um, uh, Los Angeles yeah. is really expensive, FYI, oh, hey, to those who are our, not. Our two-bedroom apartment in, in San Gabriel was like 1850 and I was netting 1600 bucks a month in my hand from flying <laughs> people. Like, you know, so it, it's, it's, you don't make that much money in the beginning. Uh, it takes a good amount of time to make, to make good money. So, um, but we do it because we're passionate. We do it because we love the fact that we don't take work home with us. Um, we don't, we're not fans of the nine to five. There's nothing wrong with nine to five. We're, I'm just not a big fan of it. Um, I'm, I'm not a fan of working in an office. I, I just like it. I feel like every single day that I go out there, that day has to be different from the previous one. You get in the cockpit, you close the door, you don't have a boss. You don't, you, you just, you show up, you do your job, you're done. You look at beautiful scenery. You, you do a challenging flight. Um, you keep the passengers safe and there's always a rewarding feeling when you're landing that airplane and you were able to take Drea from Los Angeles to New York safe and sound. I mean, it's, it's, that's really, it sounds simple, but it's very rewarding. So I want to say, yeah. Uh, first of all, uh, did it's I not answer your simple. question? You did. Okay. Uh, yeah. It's not simple. <laughs> like it's I mean, very complicated. <laughs> so it's, it's rewarding because it's a difficult job. It's challenging and, and it's, you know, it's pretty incredible what you, what you're able it's to a, do. You know? It's a sum of all of your experiences from the previous years. When you, when you go and you do a photo shoot, okay. And you're doing a photo shoot that ends up in a magazine or in an article, or you're shooting, you know, a, a somebody that's famous, that's expecting a specific quality of work. You show up, you survey the scene and you know exactly where to put the lights. You know exactly where to put the tripod. You turn your camera on, you know what ISO you're going to use. You know what the F-stop is. You know what the lens is going to be. Am I going to shoot? A, am I going to use a fast lens? Am I going to use a 35? Am I going to use a, a zoom lens? You already know. But it took you 10 years to figure out knowing where you're going to set the light and where you're going to put the camera, what, you, what your environment was going to be you get to the shoot, you're doing it in 15, 20 minutes. It is 10 years of experience that allows you to make it look easy. So to me, it's easy. In the same way that to you, you can do it with your eyes closed. To other people, it looks, how did she come up with that image? How did she did? How did she? Oh, man, like the way she did that edit on Photoshop, man, like Photoshop is like, 103,000 different sliders. How did she get that look? I was like, I don't know how to do it. You do it with your eyes closed because of your experience and you deliver the product and it's like the 10,000 hour rule. You know, you mastered it. So to you, it's easy. To me, it's easy. But 
it's not. I guess not. But it feels like it is. Okay. Funny question. Sure. Can be funny. What is the one interesting item you take with you when you travel? Not the obvious, like passport or cell phone or something that you purchase. A good freaking backpack. A backpack that allows me to compress three giant things into just one tiny little thing. (laughs) When I went on my 10-day trip to Asia, I took one backpack with me. And I figured out a way to, to, to turn that backpack into my home. And that comes with packing skills where... I obviously have a little bit of experience that being a pilot and being out on trips, but um, it, it's it's just you know it's a combination of all the things that are that that you hold dear to you, whether it's a passport, you know, an iPad, um, an amulet, uh, something that you you always take with your travels, and, and knowing that you have an extension of yourself in your back as you travel from point A to B. Which backpack um, though? What's the backpack that you took with you? So I um, have a backpack. It's called the Nomadic. Uh, oh. It's 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 called uh, the the yeah the brand is Nomadic, and uh, it's just called the backpack. The and, backpack um, by the Nomadic. Backpack. Yes, and um, it you love fits it. Your entire life in there. It has pockets. It has hidden pockets. It has uh, <laughs> chip safe pockets. You can fit. Yeah, you 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 could fit an entire Hollywood production inside that that, <laughs> that that backpack. You get you can carry it on your back. You can carry it like this. And um, yeah, I, I I'm sorry, but I, it's just like I just love I, I love traveling light. I love the idea of having everything that I require right here in my back. Worst case scenario, I have it all with me. So, back. I love it. Okay, we're almost to the end. Is there a piece of life advice can, that you can give to a younger you? A piece of life advice you can give to a younger you? Learn how to listen to other people. Just stop talking so much, kind of like I did in this interview. And learn to listen and listen well, because along my journey, I wish I would have listened more um, and not thought that I had it all figured out. Um, there is acuteness to the, to the uh, naivete of certain things about people where a line has to be drawn where, hey, now you're just being too cocky and now you're just being a dick. Look, this person is trying to help you out. They're trying to give you a different perspective on life because maybe they have been where you were 10 years ago. Matthew McConaughey, he said something. He said, some, somebody came up to him and said, hey, so who's your hero? And he said, My hero is me 10 years from now. (sighs) And 10 years pass. And then he gets asked the question again. Hey, who's your hero? No, I haven't become my hero yet because my current hero is me 10 years again from now. And, and it's, it's the fact that there's always room 
to improve, unfortunately, most people only see that as hindsight being 2020. So listen to the people that care about you. Uh, don't be selfish. Don't be, don't think you have it all figured out and believe in the goodness of people and believe in the fact that uh, sometimes people will tell you things you don't want to hear because they care about you. And uh, it's, it's hard to, to say, all right, yeah, you're 100% right when you're, when you're in, a, in, a, in a heated moment, but it, it pays off in the end. And I think that I don't think if, if I would have heeded to the advice of some people I came to respect, if I would have done that, um, I don't think my life would have been any different from what it is today, but I think that I would have struggled less if I would have just listened more and talked less. Last question. All right. Where can we find you? I have a, an Instagram, just like everyone else, I guess. Um, it's uh, at California Pilot. I do have to do a, a, a shameless plug for a new... My, yeah, my I was about to ask you. My new, my new... I'm a furloughed airline pilot, and I, I do happen to have a, a few uh, tricks up my sleeve. I am launching a website uh, called Bit Nostalgic. It's it's spelled bit nostalgic, right? Like B I T and nostalgic. Bit like a you know like eight bit Nintendo or like yes. the bit you know the 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 bit of a you know the old computers like it was like eight bit sixteen bit thirty two yep. bit but it's also a bit nostalgic. So basically, gotten in touch with a bunch of independent artists from all over the world who are known for creating all these illustrations that make you feel nostalgic about your childhood movies, TVs, video games. And I've, I've licensed their stuff to put on t-shirts, to put on, uh, you know, cell phone cases, to put on posters. And it's all themed 80s and 90s. I'm basically creating this huge web shop. So, like, if you were big fans of, like, Ghostbusters, Back to the Future, Jurassic Park, E.T., uh, The Goonies, um, derivatives of inspired stuff from all those movies into artwork. So, we are actually supporting independent artists that want to get their artwork out there because now they can make money from it. And we're spending a lot of money in advertising to get these products out there. So they're getting their royalty checks. I'm, I'm making a little bit of money uh, while I'm love furloughed and, uh, and, and I'm just spreading the, 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 the good old nostalgic love. Awesome. So it's bitnostalgic.com. And it. if you want to find Ruben at California pilot on Instagram, I'm very, very grateful for your time. Thank you for sharing your story with everybody. And thank you so much for joining me on the Roaming the Earth podcast, stories and adventures of people who are jet setters, nomads, and explorers. This is Drea Castro signing off. Join us again next time. Stay wild. If you're interested in hearing more stories from around the globe, don't forget to subscribe, share it to your friends, and follow me on Instagram on I'm Roaming the Earth.